Welcome back to Veteran State of Mind, episode 17. 17 already, it's going fast. Um, and thank you. Thank you guys for that. Thank you guys for supporting the podcast. Thank you guys for getting us up to 17. I've read something recently that I think it's most podcasts don't even make it to double digit episodes. So we're doing well. We're still here, pushing on, getting stronger by the week. Um, last week, we had the legend himself, Brian Wood, recipient of the Medal of Honor. No, not Medal of Honor. <laughs> recipient of the Military Cross. Um, really enjoyed that episode. Um, wish I got there earlier instead of getting lost on the wrong side of London um, and losing half an hour with him. But yeah, I really enjoyed that talk with Ryan. Thank you for you, uh, Brian. <laughs> Fucking hell. Right, I'm going to take a big slip of coffee right here. Nah, I'm not going to start again. That's Peter, the engineer, asked me if I was going to start again. No, no, never. No edits. No edits. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed my time with Brian. Um, I think we we, co- we covered a lot of stuff that seemed to resonate with people. I'm definitely going to get Brian on again at some point and um, get get to the right studio at the right time next time. Uh, okay, so something I need to ask of you guys. And don't worry, it doesn't involve money. Um the podcast is growing. We're getting new people in, but I think we can grow. Uh, I think we can grow faster. All right? So the way I think that we could go about this is, if you enjoy the podcast, you know, if you enjoy listening, uh, what I'd, I'd ask of you, please, is that you um, tell people about it. So make a post, tell your friends, and I think um, this is something I pick up from um, one of my favorite podcasts, the MFCO podcast. What he asks is that. Um, for every episode that you like, you bring a friend to the podcast, basically. So you either, um, like I said, make a post about it on your Facebook, Instagram, whatever, or you tell a friend, um, you know, text somebody about it, tell people in the bar about it, tell people in the gym about it. And just to start kind of growing growing the podcast, getting the message out there. You know, we've got a good number of listeners now, but, you know, the veteran pool itself is huge. And obviously I want to appeal to people that are looking to join the army and people just have any interest in the military whatsoever, you know, the civilians, civilians, military, potential military, former military, whatever. So if you guys could start spreading the word, I'd really appreciate it. Um, and, you know, we'll keep the podcast, uh, keep the podcast growing. Um, the other thing I want to thank you guys for is the support for my book, Brothers in Arms, which is my Afghanistan memoir, also details what happened after, after Afghanistan. Um, that's been out for a week and a half now. Um, pretty amazing being able to go in and seeing that in Sainsbury's, um, Sainsbury's, seen it in Sainsbury's, seen it as the, uh, it's coming out in Tesco this Thursday. So by the time that this goes on air, it's going to be in Tesco as well. Really surreal, to be honest, going in and seeing that then being able to open up a page and read a story about me and my mates, um, in Afghan is, that was pretty, that's pretty fucking cool. Um, and, um, yeah, if you, if you, if you'd like to order it, from Amazon or anything like that. It doesn't support the podcast directly, of course, but it does support um, me in the sense that the bigger the book gets, probably the more likelihood there is of me being able to get bigger guests on the podcast. Um, That doesn't mean better guests because I think the guests that we've all had on so far have been fucking awesome and I think you guys will agree. Uh, But if like some some guys, uh, some, some of you are recommending names to me who are like big kind of big celebrity names and, um, you know, the fact is that to get people like that onto the show, we need to have a big show. So if we want to get them on, we need to grow the podcast and um, it wouldn't hurt if Brothers in Arms is a bestseller as well. But if you could do one of those things, 
I would ask you to um, to get friends to the podcast. And if you can buy the book, awesome. But friends to the podcast, please. Alrighty. Um, so talking to podcasts, I'm kind of thinking about, um, you know, kind of, I'm, I'm still kind of, try, you know, trying to figure out what direction the podcast is going to go into, what the best format is. That's why we're having a solo episode today. So I've done one solo episode before. And in, um, in that solo episode, we, um, you know, we had a chat about, uh, books. I answered your writing question and answers. Um, you know, this is Veteran State of Mind, so it's predominantly a military podcast, but I am an author as well, and I do have people following me who aren't in the military, and I do get a lot of questions about writing. So it's not going to be a writing-based podcast very often, but every, say, 10 episodes or so, I'm probably going to drop a writing one in there um, or have a guest on who's also an author, and we might talk about, you know, like, but probably be a military author, so there's going to be crossover. But, I'm, you know, I'm trying out some different formats. I'm seeing what works for me. I'm seeing what works for you guys. Um and, you know, sometimes it's, uh, I, what, what I'd like to do, I really enjoyed that podcast with Brian last week. So having a guest in where we, you know, we, we sit down, we chat, we talk about what we think has, you know, helped us make a transition into Civvy Street. What's, what's helped well, what's helped bad, what was our favorite part of the army? What was our worst parts? What were our tour experiences? So I want to have those kind of ep- episodes. Um, and then there's also, you know, I get sent a lot of questions from you guys, which I really appreciate. And, um, I thought, you know what, like there's, there's no reason that I can't take on some of these, um, these questions on my own. And, you know, we can have a, we can have a bit of alone time together, you know, bit of snuggle time, just you and me. That's super creepy, but I'm going to stick with it. Moist. Okay. So moist aside, um, yeah, we're going to try a new episode, a new kind of episode today where I'm going to do Q and A's on my own. Um, and also there's a few other things that I'm going to talk about just in general, like things that I've picked up by, um, looking on, social media, looking at the news, things that I think you guys might be interested in. Um, but what I'd love, what I really love is if you guys, um, if you guys have ideas about what you'd like more of on the podcast, please send them to me. You know, I'd love to, I'd love to hear more ideas. Um, if you want to see me naked, then I have a Snapchat premium channel that you can go on. <laughs> um, no, that's one idea that we're not going to be going into. I'm not in summer shape yet. So maybe, maybe in a couple months. Um, but yeah, if you have ideas for the ideas for the show, ideas for guests, anything like that, ideas for like, um, you know, what, what kind of what, you know, what, what direction you'd like the show to take, because at the end of the day, I enjoy doing this, but there's no point in me just enjoying it myself. And, um, if, you know, if, if you guys think there's a better way of going, I'd love to hear from you. Constructive criticism is not a bad thing, people. Constructive criticism. Now, if you just want to send me a message saying, you fucking suck, blah, 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 then, um, then I'm just going to go in a corner and cry. And touch myself. Um, all right, moving on. Um, I wanted to talk about a bit about book launch, just because uh, I think I learned a valuable lesson, which was which is definitely going to benefit not only the military listeners amongst us, but I think civilians too. So that lesson was right in the book. Um, if you've read it, and if you so if you haven't, I'll explain. Um, my close group of friends in there is called the firm. Right, it's a group of five of us, and we were like a really tight little kind of group of friends. We had a lot of really good friends in the company too, but this was our like kind of little clique. Um, and because of the launch of the book, you know, we got Airbnb down in London, and you know, we got together. We had a night. Well, we had a night out, but it was actually mostly a night in, and it was fucking awesome seeing the boys catching up. And it was honestly, it was like, it was like. I hadn't, you know, hadn't spent a day away from them. But the fact was I had spent over eight years away from most of them. And I just thought, we all thought, fuck, isn't that a shame that we haven't seen each other for eight years? 
So we've, you know, kind of made a blood pact now that we're going to see each other a lot more often. And, you know, that's great. But I would like you guys to learn from me and the firm on this one. Do not wait eight years or for a book launch to see your best mates, you know, that you were in the military with or that you were in uni with or anything like that. You know, make the time. It fucking goes fast. I mean, you think about it, right? If I make 80, I'm probably doing pretty well considering what I've done to my body, right? Um, so eight years, that's 10% of my life where I haven't seen the firm. You know, that's that's actually making me a bit sad, right, man? I might need a little cry break for a couple of minutes. Again, touching myself. Um, but, you know, so just think think about it. Like, time goes fast, and this is the lesson. I do think you learn more. Because, like, you know, with, with us and the firm, it wasn't that we didn't want to see each other. It's just you're like... We, everyone's busy. Everyone's got their stuff going on. And you're like, oh, well, you know, we'll sort it out soon. We'll sort it out soon. We'll fucking soon just go so fucking fast. So take it from me, old man. Take it from the old man. You young whippersnappers listening right now, 16, and you're like, eight years, that's half of my life. Look, mate, it's going to go fast. Believe me, listen to the old man. Plan reunions with your mates. Stick to them. Social media is fucking awesome, right? Because you can, not just social media, but the old dog and bone. You can keep in touch with people at a distance. And that's great. That's fucking awesome. But beware because it will also make you more less likely to plan actual events where you're physically together. Um, you know, and it's it's one of those things that you'll be like, oh, well, you know, oh, I've talked to him recently, so we're all good. It's just, no, it's not the same. Being together is just such a, this is a fucking awesome thing. Like that, honestly, that day, the, 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 what day, what do you have? Like a, basically 24 hours with the boys and it just it went in no time at all um but it was fucking amazing seeing them i love those guys and you're definitely it's like look you gotta prioritize things in your life right you gotta prioritize things and when you look at like i mean i love working right i think i work quite hard um but you can ask yourself why are you working you know what is what is the purpose of your work you know, for me, it's like if, if I'm, you know, if you're working and let's, let's say I could write one more book a year and make, you know, I'm just using me as an example because, I'll, but, I'll, but you know, you apply this to your own situation, right? So like, let's say for me, it's one more book a year or for you, it might be taking weekends as overtime or whatever. Yeah, that money is great or whatever, but like what, at what cost? You know, it's not just that weekend that you're giving up overtime. It's maybe a chance to see your mates that you haven't seen in, you know, eight years or whatever, you know, it's, you, there's more, there's more important things in life than money, right? I'm giving you a lot of old man lessons today. Old man lesson number one, time goes fast. Old man lesson number two is there's more important things in life than money. Money's fucking important. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, but there are more important things in life and seeing your mates is one of them. Now that doesn't mean young whippersnappers listening, you just go out and get pissed every weekend, right? And you don't do any work. You got to find balance. All right. So, yeah, fucking amazing. The other thing that was really cool about the launch um, it was I got to have an evening with uh, my agent and my editors, which was awesome, going for dinner with them, and then had some uh, friends in London come along. Um, and it was really cool to see a couple of the lads, you know, they're, they're mentioned in the book, they picked up injuries in Iraq and Afghan, bad injuries, life-changing injuries. Um, and, you know, life-changing injury is a life-changing injury, but it's up to the individual whether or not they let that change them for the better or for the worse. And it's fucking awesome to see that these lads have used those life-changing injuries to change their life for the better. So shout out to you boys. Fucking awesome seeing you. Um, and, you know, for, say, civilians listening and some military people, when you see somebody that's lost a leg or anything like that, it's it's quite natural to have that instant inclination of, 
Oh, poor them. But let me tell you, right, a lot of these lads and ladies, they're not asking for, they don't want pity because they are seeing this. They have, they have taken this traumatic event and they are using it to their advantage. Like they are taking the, um, they're not letting that happen to them. They are making them happen to it, you know? So yes, they say somebody's lost a leg. That is a fucking horrible, horrible thing. Probably would have been better if it didn't happen, but you know what? It happened. And instead of them feeling sorry for themselves, they're getting out there and fucking dominating. And I think there's like a lot to be learned from that and a lot of inspiration to be drawn from it. Um, something else I did on the launch weekend, sat down with the uh, British Legion, uh, Royal British Legion. We sat down in London. Um, so thanks for them to have me along. And uh, basically we talked about Iraq. Um, and I think the, re- the reason we talked about it was because it's been uh, 10 years since the pullout. That's what she said. And um, it was, I think it's felt with a lot of people that Iraq's kind of been overshadowed by Afghanistan. A lot of people forgot about Iraq. Now, I was in Iraq and um, I, I feel like I've mentioned this before. I saw a lot of Iraq, I feel, from the sideline. You know, I've been wa- I'm watching a lot of these things go on. Um, it was like being, basically like being on the bench in rugby and not being on the pitch is kind of how I feel about it. But, you know, you look at battalions like Two Lanks on Telic 9, absolutely smashed, huge contacts, you know, lost a lot of boys, had a really fucking hard time. And I think people are forgetting about them. People are thinking about Afghanistan, which people seem to think is more glamorous. Um, I'm not sure about that, but that seems to be the thing. But it made me think about a bit more as well, because there's, you know, we all know, like, well, we all know, hopefully we know, that Korea is known as the Forgotten War because it happened after the Second World War. And, um, you know, those veterans felt like they were kind of, they were forgotten about because... Um, you know, people just didn't want to really kind of think about it because it was so close to the Second World War. Everyone was kind of like, ah, oh, yeah, you know what? We're kind of done with war for now. We don't really want to think about this, right? Then there's the Forgotten Army, which was, you know, the army that fought in Burma against the Japanese during the Second World War. And then one I heard recently through the British Legion was uh, about these these people called, they were called the, um, actually, let me go back. So um, obviously uh, everyone's familiar with D-Day, you know, which is the invasion of uh, France beginning the liberation of Europe by the Allies, which happened on June the 6th, 1944. So big celebration for that coming up, 75th celebration for that coming up next week. So um, you'll, yeah, so a few days after this podcast airs. Um, now, what a lot of people don't know about is that an invasion of Europe had actually already taken place and it, it, it had taken place into Italy. And some of the fucking battles that took place in Italy, especially, you know, for, for probably the most famous Monte Cassino, you know, the, the, the conditions and the casualty rates in these places were staggering, actually far higher than uh, D-Day. Um, now, that doesn't mean that, like, one is above the other, because at the end of the day, a fucking scrap is a scrap. And it doesn't matter if you're involved in a battle with 100,000 people or 20,000 people. If you lose your mate, you lose your mate, right? And um, the press at the time called the, the army that was fighting in, in Italy, the D-Day, jo- D-Day, jo- uh, D-Day Dodgers. And when I heard that, when the British Legion guys told me that, I almost wanted to kind of go to the graves of the people in the press who had said that stuff and take a massive fucking shit on them. Because to call these people fucking D-Day jo- Dodgers, like they were fucking skiving off down the Naffy when they were fighting their way up the fucking mountains and through like these Germans fortified fucking positions that they'd been digging into for years. It's absolutely fucking crazy. So I got a couple of lessons from that. I got a lot of lessons today. It's my lesson from that. 
is don't always believe what you read in the press, right? And actually, I'll tell you this a little bit myself, you know, because I'm a narcissist. And, um, you know, I remember coming, I came back from Iraq in 2007, Telic 10. Everything was fucking going mental out there. You know, a lot of people lost their lives. It was, it was a fucking shit show. Um, but it was a, sorry, the Telic 9 this was. And it was the same time as um, the paras had gone into, um, you know, Afghanistan 2006. And that was all over the news. And I met someone I was in school with and she was like, oh, you've been away. You're Afghanistan. I was like, no, I was in Iraq. He was, oh, it's all right there, isn't it? And I didn't correct them because what's the point? Um, well, now I'm doing it 12 years later or whatever. Yeah, 13. But I just, you know, that was the kind of thing. The press had taken over and decided that Afghanistan was the war and Iraq wasn't. Well, you know, I've been to both. And I'll tell you that I don't think one was any safer or more dangerous than the other. Like during Telic 9 and 10, I think that was just as bad as Herrick 10 and 11 was. And, you know, some people disagree. But that's just my opinion on it. But it, it did make me think of, you know, be very, be very wary of what you hear from the press when it comes to things like that. You know, same back then, DJ Judges. Like I said, what a load of fucking shit. You know, those, I hope those fucking people from the press hung their heads in the shame for the rest of their life. I imagine they didn't. But um, that's just a, such a fucking terrible thing to say to these soldiers who, you know, fought in an army where you're losing thousands of fucking blokes fighting in the most horrendous conditions, in the heat, in the mountains. It's just, yeah, it doesn't really bear to think about. If you want to learn more about this stuff, um, the British Legion is, you know, they're, to be, like, to be fair to the British Legion, right, um, I'm singing their praises a bit. I mean, I'll, look, I'll be the first to knock people as well. Don't worry, I'm going to knock them on something in a minute so we can balance this out because it's a veteran state of mind. <laughs> I'm not going to blow nothing but smoke up to anything else. But I do I do think that, you know, we see like these veterans who are, um, you know, we have so much respect for them and we think sometimes that they're, they're superheroes and in a way that they they are, but they are also people. And I think it's really sad. I'm, I'm, you know, like picture picture a guy who's in his 90s now who's gone through his life being told that he's a D-Day Georgia and being told that what he did wasn't as important as D-Day and stuff. And again, D-Day was fucking important, but the other stuff was just as important. And I think we owe it to these people to to learn, you know, to know their stories and to give them the fucking credit that they're due. Um, hopefully we're going to have some of these people on from D-Day and from the, the Italy campaign. So hopefully we're going to have them on the podcast. We're working on that. Um, I know that's something that everybody would like to hear. It would be probably one of the greatest honors of my life to be able to host those guys um but yeah just check check out the stuff check out like i'm directing you to british legion because they have some easy access stuff on there um you know easy to access stuff on their social media but if not just put in google just put like just put put in google and just put world war ii italy campaign you know just look up that stuff and educate yourselves um yeah the thing i was going to knock about the legion because i'm not gonna you know i'm fucking you know i'm Gonna gonna give a balanced view here is because uh, what I think is really cool about them is they are trying to bring themselves up to up to speed, as in like you know connect with people and make us feel that they are representative of all future. Ge- oh shit, sorry, I forgot. So I want to rewind a bit. The other thing I was saying about lost campaigns as well or forgotten armies, fucking Bosnia, all that kind of stuff. For Bo- Bosnia victors, I'm going to talk about more about this soon. But if you're a v- Bosnia veteran listening, I haven't forgotten about you. And we are going to talk more about Bosnia and those kind of um, those those Balkan campaigns and stuff. All right, so you have not been forgotten. You are on my mind. Um, yeah, and this this isn't just about the, this isn't a, a, just a dig at the British Legion, but it's just a dig at society in general. I suppose I went on their website, and the first thing I'm seeing it's like 
women, 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 women. And don't get me wrong, right? Oh, sorry, women, 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 black guy, women, women, women. Now, I am all for equal, like, um, equal opportunities and all that kind of stuff. But come on, guys. You know who the av- you know who your average squad is. Like, let's have a bit of representation there. Come on. Come on, people. We know what we're doing when we have that stuff on. Equal representation, yes, but every other picture shouldn't be a woman holding a kid. Come on. Let's, let's just be fucking real. Right. Moving on from that. Probably get a load of hate mail now. Uh, right. I wanted to big up someone else that I saw on Twitter, actually. Um, his name is Glenn Horton. hope I'm pronouncing that right because he looks quite odd. Um, he is the, I'm going to read this official title that I saw on Twitter, Senior Enlisted Advisor to the Chiefs of Staffs Committee representing the views of our service personnel at the highest level of defense. Right. The reason I'm shouting out this guy is because um, I saw him on uh, saw on Twitter that he's advocating that soldiers start doing five to 10 minutes of meditation a day, um, you know, start to look after their, their minds as well as their bodies. And I want to say that I think this is fucking awesome that the army is officially beginning to go in this direction. Um, it's been a long time coming. And I just think that, Look, it makes sense on every level. It makes sense for the individuals. I think it's good for the individuals. It makes sense for the army because if you have, um, you know, fucking soldiers who are able to say, well, one of the things I've always said is so good about meditation is it helps your ability to detach. If your soldiers can detach from a situation and be able to see the bigger picture that they're in, then you're going to be more operationally effective. So I think this is a win for everybody. And I think that's fucking awesome. Um, I'm, I've, I've asked him if he'd like to be a guest on the podcast. He says he's going to consider it. But just a note to you guys, like if there's anybody that you do want to be uh, a guest, like I mentioned, please let me know and I will contact them. But it also doesn't hurt if you want to say, hey, like say tweet at them or tag them in a story or whatever and say, I'd love it if you were a guest, if you went on as guest of Veterans Day of Mind. Like I'll, I will get in contact with these people. And we have a lot of people lined up. But, you know, it never hurts to just, you know, give people gentle reminders, aka threats. Okay, one sec, some coffee. All right, so something else I wanted to talk about, right? Because I mentioned it and I think it might need a bit of clarification for people. The other day I uh, made a tweet which basically said that, so I'm not taking a stance on Brexit one way or another, right? The the honest truth is that I don't know. I don't know enough about Brexit to know one way or another why, what, what I think is a better thing. You know, I, I just don't know. So that's that. But what I wanted to what I wanted to bring up was that we need to be very careful in life, in society, in as a nation, as people, that we don't forget lessons of history. As many of you all know, I am a bit of a history buff, and I think that we all should be history buffs because you learn a lot of fucking lessons. So like, what I'm trying to do here when I impart some of my limited knowledge to you guys is I am trying to help you learn from my history so that you avoid some of the mistakes that I made, and you can learn from my history um, so that you make better decisions. And when I have a guest on like Sean Jones, MC, I am trying to learn from Sean's history and so on. So, you know, we can do that at a micro level and we could do it at a macro level, right? So um, something that worries me about the, like the state of not just Britain, but other countries now is that we seem to forget that it's possible for countries to descend into war. We think that war is something that happens in Afghanistan. We think that war is something that happens in Syria or Lebanon or basically a country with sand. We seem to forget that, you know, like it's like I said, it's D-Day 75 next week. That's 75 years ago, right? That is not a long time. I just said that it's eight years ago since me and the firm last got together, right? 
So we're not talking a massive difference here. And all of the world was pretty much at war. Um, I can't remember the exact numbers. I think it's over 40 million people died in that conflict. You know, just 20 something years before, 20, 30 years before that, you had the First World War. You know, again, huge conflict in Europe. Bosnia, early 90s. You know, people now are going on cheap holidays to Croatia. 20 years ago, people were chopping up women and kids there. I think we've got, we have a, a, a duty as people to understand history, to understand the human condition, right? The reason this ties into Brexit is because I just want people to be aware, and I'm not saying that this is going to happen with Brexit, but I just think that this is something that people should be aware of in general, right? And you should always think, what is the worst case scenario here so we can be prepared for it? And if you don't allow people to break away when they've asked to break away, then usually violence happens. I think, to be honest, the reason we're not really seeing this with Brexit is because it's been such an even split about people who want in and out. But if you look at, look, look at our own doorstep, there's still violence in Ireland, despite the Good Friday Agreement. And I mean, I'm not going to go into the historic allegations and stuff. I think I've made my stance on that pretty clear before. But the fact is there's people in Ireland that don't want to be part, or Northern Ireland that don't want to be part of the UK. And that's caused violence. Um, look at the Kurds in, you know, the Kurds in Turkey. Their their violence is on another level again, where we're talking shooting down helicopters and fucking artillery bombardments. America, you know, one of the most, the, the, the only world superpower really maybe right now um, is, you know, not that long ago in its history had a civil war because part of the country wanted to break away and become its own thing. So I'm not saying it's going to happen with Brexit, right? That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I'm saying is, we need to stop thinking that these things can't happen. You know, like, look, you go, you go and tell the people of Ukraine or in the Ukraine that Russia is not the threat it was since the Cold War. You go and tell them to that, you know. And you go and tell the people of Syria that, like, you know, that, there's, um, that the Cold War is over, that there's no kind of proxy wars going on. This, this stuff happens around us. And just because it's not happening in our country right now or on our doorstep right now, it doesn't happen. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because most people don't know or don't give a fuck or just like to prefer to live in blissful ignorance. And I, I spoke to my grandma once and I asked her, I was like, you know, at the beginning of the Second World War, I said, did you see that coming? And she said, like, well, no, no one really thought it was going to happen up until the moment it did. Everyone was just like, it'll sort itself out. It'll sort itself out. And it didn't. And this, that is what happens in, you know, in a lot of places. It's just these things just happen. When I was, you know, like I was talking before when I was in uni, I never expected Iraq and Afghanistan to happen. That took everybody by surprise. These things could happen. There could be another 9-11 type event, you know, this year, next year, the year after. And I don't mean a giant terrorist attack, but I mean an event that ch drastically changes the course of history. You know, 9-11 drastically changed the course of what happened. Um, you know, it was still happening up to now. Parts were moving, before then, but you and I weren't paying attention to those parts until 9-11 happened. Parts are moving now, moving up to a flashpoint that we don't know what it will be yet. It could be something to do with China in the South China Seas. It could be something to do with, it could be in the Balkans again. It could be something in the Middle East. But just don't sleep on this stuff. Don't think that, you know, don't think that this stuff can't happen. Now, this was particularly relevant to those of you who want to join the military or who are in the military. If you want to join the military, understand that just because these operations and things aren't happening now doesn't mean that they're not going to happen.
And if you are in the military, understand that every time you train, you should be training as if next week you're going on operations. You know, there is, do you want, so like say the instance, the, you know, the British Expeditionary Force that went to France at the beginning of the Second World War. Those guys were fucking, like they were thrown together and sent out there, you know, with without really much that much warning, right? That could happen again. That could, it could happen. Is it likely to happen? No, it's not the most likely outcome, but it could. And do you want to take your platoon out there and wherever that could be and think that you could have done more, think that you could have prepared more, you know? So I know the temptation is to go home and say, you know, early knockoffs and all that stuff. I know that is the temptation. That's all I always wanted. But if you're a leader, it's not always your position to do what people want you to do. It's what's, you know, to do what's best. Um, um, you know, what would be best? Like this, there's armies after armies have gone through history where they weren't expecting immediately to go to war. Sometimes, to be honest, you're, quite, you're actually better off almost being the people that get drafted or whatever a few years later because by that point, people have kind of figured things out a bit more and pulled their finger out. You know, just look at the fucking invasion of Iraq. Like, folks didn't have the right kit. People really didn't know. Like, look how, look how, uh, um, how far C, uh, CQB, close quarter battle tactics and stuff have come since, uh, you know, the invasion of Iraq. You know, just, you've got the time, you've got the people, you know, don't take the easy option because easy option could end up getting people killed. And I don't know why I'm going so heavy today, but I just, I just think that, you know, people need to be aware of this stuff. You know, we are like, look, don't even look at other countries' history. Look at the country of the UK. Look back through our history. It's a bloody history inside and outside of the UK. So just because we've had a period of peace doesn't mean it's always going to stay like that. So be prepared. Start digging nuclear bunkers. Right. Moving on to questions that you fine upstanding citizens of the internet have submitted via Carrier Pigeon and um, social media. Question number one. How do you motivate yourself to get out of bed and run? Right. Well, one of the things that, that, that kind of actually ties into what I was just saying, which is... Um, yeah, Peter's just suggested how it work. You can do that while you're running if you're a pro. Um, so yeah, so you've got these. Um, you, you've got like if you're if you're in the military because I think the person that sent this question in is like a aspiring soldier, right? So this is what you need to think about me. There is an enemy out there. You don't know who he is yet, but he's out there and he's training and he's training to kill you and he's training to kill your family and he's training to kill your friends. So are you going to be a fucking pussy and stay in bed for an extra 10 minutes because it's nice and warm and cozy and risk dying? Or are you going to get your fucking ass out of bed and go and do some fizz? Now, that is the um, that is the answer that I would give to anybody that's in the military or anybody that's aspiring to be in the military. And I'm not and I'm not even being I'm not being over the top about that. Like literally think about this, right? That extra say te- like that extra training session a week you do might be the difference in you having the physical strength and capability of um, carrying your friend, um, of, of carrying your friend and saving the vital moments that are going to get him medical attention in time to save his life. That is the truth. If you are unfit, you can't save your mates. So get out of your fucking bed. Um, now, for those who are civilians and don't deal in life or death as their, uh, as their career choice, then I would just say to you that, look, you've only got one life um, and it will go fast as we've already talked about. So just think to yourself, right, 
I'm going to die one day. It could be tomorrow. You never fucking know about these things, unfortunately. It's not like we've got a little clock running. Um, so you go ask yourself, do I want to spend the time in bed or do I want to go out and do something that will hopefully prolong your life? And if you decide you want to stay in bed, then that's, that's fine. That's your choice. You can stay in bed if you want. But just be honest with yourself. Don't lie to yourself. Don't say, because once you've woken up, don't say like, oh, I need this extra 10 minutes for my rest something because my blah, blah, blah. It's like, look, you're awake now. It's up to you. If you want to stay in bed because it's cozy and you enjoy it, fine, stay in bed because it's cozy. But um, if you want to get up, go. And if you don't get up and go, then don't complain about it to anybody else. Don't say, oh, I should get up this morning. Keep that to yourself because you know what you should have done. So go and fucking do it. All right. <clears throat> Why do Paris seem to be disliked by most of the army? Uh, I actually disagree with the statement. I don't think Paris are disliked by most of the army. Um, I think me. I think when you're young and you're in the army, you dislike every other regiment apart from your own because that's just a natural. That's just a natural thing. You know, you're bred to think that your own regiment is better than everybody else's. Um, I think as you get older, you start to learn more about operations. You start to learn more about um, regimental ethos, which I think the Paris have a, probably the best of them. The Marines. Um, once you start to learn about this stuff, you actually have. A, I, I have a. I have a great respect for the Paris. Um, I, I wish the infantry across the board had a more para-like mentality when it came to or when it comes to their training process. Um, I think the way that they, because here, here's the thing, here's what the paras have done really well that other regiments don't match, is the paras, paras have one of the shortest regimental histories of any regiments, and yet somehow they've, they're the most proud of it. Whereas you look at, you know, look at regiment like mine, like the Royal Welsh, you know, there's there's some regimental pride there, yeah, sure, but it's not to the same level as what the Paris have. And our fucking regimental history is over 300 years old and includes battles like fucking Waterloo and all these, any fucking First World War battle you want to mention and the Second World War battles. Um, so I think I think the Paris, are, you, I think units should look at the Paris and see how can we how can we adopt some, some of their, 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 their practices to better create our, a strong regimental ethos. Um, and I, I like the way that they, I like the way that they're uncompromising on the thiz. Um, now, don't get me wrong. A young para is fucking intolerable because he thinks he's fucking amazing. He thinks he's special. You could be from um, an infantry regiment and you could have done five combat tours and a para just out of depot will think he's better than you. They are brainwashed to a higher degree than other recruits. But I think that, to be honest, comes out of most of them as they get older, as it does with most of us. Um and yeah, I just have a lot of respect for him as a uh, as a force, as a as a as a collection of people who are striving to be better. Because you you know, I think most people go to the Paris; they do it because they want to be the best. Um, and I think there's a lot to be said for that. I, um, if I had my time again, obviously I I wouldn't change things because then I wouldn't have the mates that I have. But if if that wasn't an option, we actually talked about this with the firm last week. I think we all decided we all agreed that we would have probably gone to the Paris instead because um, you know because of that um, you know that that attitude of wanting to do more wanting to be the best i think that's i think that's uh i think that's got a lot to be said for him um they do have a bit of an obsession with dildos but then again that's their choice so yeah i don't think the army i don't think the paras are disliked and if they are then it's probably by people who are just kind of in their own brainwashing stage i think there's, there's a stage with every regiment where you're brainwashed and you think that yours is the best and your trade is the best i mean infantry obviously is the best um but then you know but then you start to realize that, you know what, pretty much all regiments are the same. And like a lot of things like, uh, you know, an extra an extra PT test doesn't make someone a better soldier necessarily. And every soldier, every regiment has good soldiers and bad soldiers. All right. Next, next question. Um, what is the title of your next Rome book? 
Um, so I have a series of uh, Roman books called, um, uh, first one's called Blood Forest, second one's called Siege. And the third one is going to be called Legion. Um, and I want to put that out at some point this year. I'm not my, myself a publisher. I'm, play, I'm playing with the idea of self-publishing it, which is something I've never done before. Um, but I wrote it last year and I'm getting fed up of it sitting on my laptop. So I think I might, um, I think I might, might, might try a new, might try a new route with this one and self-publish it. So we'll see. But yeah, thanks for the question. Okay. Next up. Um, why did you choose to not go at officer level? Uh, this is something I've covered before. Um, actually while we're on the subject, I do love your questions guys, but please listen to other podcasts, listen to the Q and a podcasts. And, and then if, you know, cause the chances are your question might have already been answered or there's a good chance. This is one that I've answered before. So I'm actually not going to answer it right now. I'm going to move on because it's answered in one of the other ones. Well, we talk about it in the others. Uh, also talk about it in Brothers in Arms, plug. So um, yeah, I'm going to move on. Next question simply says, nipples. I agree, nipples. Um, I'm a fan of them myself. like to tweak them, get a clothes peg on them every now and again. Don't really go heavy with the chains or any of the stuff like that. But yeah, in uh, overall, I am a fan of nipples. Although there wasn't a question mark on that question. So I think it was just a statement. Nipples. Um, okay, next. How tough was it to write Brothers in Arms? Um, sometimes tough, sometimes easy, depending what the chapter was. Um, writing about, say, the banter in the tents and stuff like that when, you know, the lads are, lads are fucking, um, you know, one of the lads says to one of the others that his wife has the body of a dead sea lion washed up on a beach, <laughs> writing, writing stuff like that is, a, is, is fucking fun and, and, you know, that kind of stuff just like flew down on the page. Um, writing about being hit by an IED and losing one of the boys, um, I can remember distinctly that I was crying onto my keyboard at the time. So... It was, uh, yeah, it was, that was, a, it was up and down. So at times it was really fucking tough. Uh, reading the audio book was really tough. We talked about that with Sean, um, Sean Jones, MC, um, back in one of the other podcasts. Okay, um, what's a question you'd like to be asked? Hmm, this one, because it opens up a few answers for me. Uh, for my friends, I like to get asked to go on road trips and holidays. I wish I could go on them all. If I had money, I fucking would do. Um, but yeah, I love I love road trips. I love traveling, and um, I'm always up for I'm always up for things like that. Money depend uh, money allowing, or even if money's not allowing, I usually fucking agree to it anyway, and then try and figure out the rest. Um, the other things I like to be asked, I got a message from um, a cadet, a local cadet. Um, I what they call cadet squadron, cadet troop, cadet platoon, um, from one of their um, instructors asking me to come and talk to the cadets, um, which is something I'm going to arrange, and um, that made me feel really fucking awesome because I was a cadet. Um, I really enjoyed cadets and um, I think it's such a fucking good thing for young people to be doing. I really do. So if you're in cadets now, shout out to you. Um, I think you've made, made a really good choice and you should try and get as many of your friends to, to go as possible because I think it benefits everybody regardless of whether or not you want to be in the military. Uh, I'm really looking forward to going down and talking to them. Um, it's, you know, to, it's an honor to do things like this, to do the podcast and to be asked to go back and talk to an organization that you used to, you know, be a part of and that you have a soft spot for in your heart is, um, it's a really cool fucking feeling. You know, like we're talking earlier about the importance of things in life. Um, being able to give back to something like that is, is, uh, one of the more important things. So I like to be asked stuff like that. Um, you know, sometimes I get asked by people who have say cadet groups in, I don't know, let's say North of England or something. And as much as I would love to do it, it's just obviously it's just not possible for me to take a day to to go up there and do that. 
but if I can work it into if I can work it into trips and stuff, then I then I you know definitely will do. But yeah, I love being asked. asked that it's an absolute honor, um, and I love being I love being asked what you guys ask me on social media, and that sounds a bit cheesy. Fuck it, it's cheesy. It's cheesy. Um, it is a it's a privilege to be in a position where people actually want your fucking opinion. Um, and um, no, it's a, it is a privilege to, to to just be able to feel like I'm out helping out and giving back and. You know, it's nice. So thank you. Oh, okay. Would you recommend the British Army as a career? Uh, well, that depends. So look, I would recommend the British Army as a career to some people, but it's not for everyone. That's the truth. You know, it's we're talking about one of the most probably tiny percentages of people being suited to a job is the army. You know, you need to have a characteristic which is or characteristics which are rare in society most people are not cut out to be soldiers um and again when you know when you say career as well i'm assuming you mean um you know do the full 22 and okay let me break this down as well let me go further than this i've got news for people right the days of you being able to come out like if you join now the days of you being able to come out and then live on your army pension i think are long gone right Things are just too expensive. And the pensions aren't that. The pensions aren't that great, right? So let's say you're 16, you join at 22. Fucking hell, I've set myself up to fail on some maths now. So you leave at, let's say, 38, right? I'm fucking... <laughs> I am 36 now. Hang on. Do I got it right? Yeah, I got it right. Right, I'm, I'm 36 this, this year. Um, so I'd be, in theory, two years away from retirement. Well, I'll tell you what. I hope I've got another fucking 40, 50 years ahead of me on my life, right? Um, one thing that I do believe in is the moment you retire and start working and stop having a purpose, that's when your mind and body start to really go downhill. Uh, I don't think that people should aspire to retire. I think people should um, aspire to find a job that they never want to stop doing. So in terms of the army, look, career, even if you do your 22, you're still going to need to have another career after that. You're going to need to have another job, realistically. You're not going to be able to do it. Like when I worked in this private security, you know, a lot of people that were doing that were on their pensions. You know, they'd done their 22s. They were sergeant majors, color sergeants. They come out and they would, you know, now they're doing private security. Because here's the thing with your pension, right? And here's the thing with money in general. You get accustomed to living at certain, like certain wage. So if you're getting paid 40,000 a year, you're probably going to spend around the the kind of you're like you're not going to put most of that away so that you're living a 20 grand a year life right you're going to have the house and the car and you get you might pay some of these things off but your lifestyle is going to be reflective usually of what you earn so when you go down to being on your pension which is like probably under half of what you're earning i'm not an expert on these so i could be wrong but that's my guess you're going to have a struggle there if you're going to not going to be able to maintain the same lifestyle as you had you know so and look, like I said, do you really want to fucking stop working when you're, you know, when you're in your 40s? And again, there's a big difference between working and working, right? So, yeah, would you want to work in your factory? Would, would people want to give up a job in a factory or something like that? I'm sure they would. But if you find a job like um, I'm lucky enough to have, and I have other friends who do the same, you want to work. It's not a, it's not like a, it's not a, um, um, a punishment. Working is fucking awesome. Like, working is something you look forward to doing. Like you wake up and you're like, oh, fucking hell, awesome. I get to work today. Um, and you don't really think of it of work. So 
I would challenge you if you are thinking about, if you're a young person thinking about a career, don't just think about the next 20 years. Think about your life. What is it you want to get out of your life? And while you're in the army, while you're doing that career, think about how, what you can be doing at that. Don't wait until you're out of the army or you're at the end of your career to think about the next step. Start thinking about it while you're in. That doesn't necessarily need mean it needs to be formal education or anything like that. Although if you can do that, especially if you can get some of it paid by the army, then fucking awesome. Then do that. But just start thinking like, you know, maybe you've got a thing for woodwork. Maybe you want to do woodwork or some kind of like woodwork when you get out. You know, start taking not even necessarily woodwork classes, but just make sure that you're starting to like, you know, work on those skills while you're in so that when you come out, you're not starting right from the bottom again. Uh, I think that's what fucks a lot of people up. Um, now, would I recommend it as a career? Again, career is a, you know, insinuates that you're going to do the full stint, right? That wasn't for me, but I would recommend if I spoke to my 18-year-old self again, I'd say, yeah, definitely go go and do this army stuff for a bit because I fucking loved it. But the career wouldn't have been for me and I'm glad I didn't do a career. Um, I know some people that have done four years and that was enough. I know other people that have done the 22 plus a couple more or even even longer. And that is the right thing for them. It's just a totally individual answer. And for a lot of people, look, the army's just not for you. You know, it's it's not for everybody. You're giving up a lot of civil uh, personal liberties. You know, the army is going to make a lot of decisions for you. You're going to, you maybe will see your family less. You might, you know, you're going to... Um, have to move away. Some people don't want to move away from where they live. You know, it's just, it's just not for everyone. But if you feel like it's going to be the, if you feel like the army is the right for you, then do it. And the great news is you don't have to sign up for a career right out the gate. You can just see how it fucking goes. If you want to stay in, stay in. If you don't want to want to leave, leave, you know, don't feel like you have to, don't, don't, don't become a pension slave is, would be my advice on this one. You know, remember that there's other ways to make money. Don't rely on a fucking pension. Getting a pension, yeah, it's great, but don't rely on that. Don't let, don't let a pension be the force that dictate, dictates what you do in your life. Don't think like, God, there's this job opportunity come up and I really want to do it. And it's the job I've always wanted to do after the army. But if I do another four years, I can get this pension. Fuck that. Because that opportunity might not come around again. There's other ways of making money. There's you know, like a pension. So that'd be my advice. But look, I'm terrible with money, so I'm probably not the right person to be giving advice on this. Um, okay, talking of which, favorite alcoholic drink? Pina colada. Love fucking pina colada. Spin a shit dick about pina coladas. Went to uh, went to a bar in Sri Lanka once after doing a long stint on the ships, doing the security. And all the time on the ships, I was like, fuck me, I really want a pina colada when we get to Sri Lanka. So I found a bar called the Pina Colada Bar. Went in there, ordered pina colada. Oh, we don't do pina coladas. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> As a shit did. But um, I'm still sour about it. That's the, the I can literally still feel the disappointment in the pit of my stomach when I recall that story. But yeah, I love pina coladas. Love any kind of big fruity cocktail, actually. Best thing about going on tour and being in the infantry is that when you go and order, like your mates, civvy mates will be like, oh yeah, I'll have a beer, I'll have a whiskey. And you're like, oh, I'll have a massive fruity pina colada or whatever. And they're like, oh, you fucking, you're your homo, you fucking gay. Like, look, how many combat tours you do? That's all right. None. Shut your fucking mouth. And then you slurp on your pina colada. Taste all that creamy goodness. Ooh, daddy. Um, okay, this is taking a dark turn. Uh, all right. It, <laughs> shit, it's about to get dark. <laughs> Just seen the next question. In your book, you talk about a time a guy gets a hard on and gets it out to boast. 
Does that happen a lot? Look, mate, if you're preparing to join the army, prepare to see a hideous amount of cock. Um, you're going to see it in the showers. You're going to see it windmilled in your face by your mates. You know, like one of our lads used to, when we were in the tent in Iraq, every morning he'd go over to um, one of the lads' bed spaces. He'd bend over, spread his ass cheeks. So it, it looked like that thing on, you know, Star Wars, where they're pushing people out the, that hovering little fucking, they're hot, pushing people out, Jabba the Hutt's having them pushed out into that big open mouth thing with tentacles coming out of it. That's what his asshole looked like. And they were pushing, uh, sorry, they, he was spread, spreading his cheeks and then he'd shout the lad's name to wake him up and he'd wake up and see that in front of his face and he got him with it every fucking morning. He probably liked it, actually. Um, that is the kind of behaviour you can expect in the infantry, or at least it was. I don't know, it might be all different now. I have, I've heard about this red card, yellow card system. or well, last not even go into that. Um... So, yeah, look, dude, you're going to see a lot of wangs. And, like, you know, there's, I remember things like, you know, there'd be, like, one platoon, or, like, you, you might meet a different platoon from a different battalion, and people start talking, and they like, oh, yeah, oh, such and such has got a massive lash. And they'd be like, whoa, such and such has got a massive Lads, get them out, let's see who's got the bigger lash. Like, stuff like that will happen. If you're afraid of seeing cocks, then I would not recommend joining the military. Um... What were your impressions of Canadian forces in Afghanistan? I never actually worked with any, but my impressions are still good. Reason being. Um, <coughs> actually, I should just say, my impressions of Canadian forces historically are very good. The reputation of the Canadians in the First World War and the Second World War is outstanding. Just have a reputation of being extremely solid, extremely and solid. I don't mean solid as in like thick. I mean solid as in like unbre- unbreakable, do any job, take on the fucking hard tasks. Um, yeah, so my impression of Canadians, I've always had, held them in high esteem. Excuse me. <coughs> Don't get that on Joe Rogan podcast, do you? Um, yeah, so um, I had a high, high, um, high estimation of them. I think people and uh, people don't know how much fighting the Canadians did in Afghanistan. Like they were in Kandahar province, I think it was, in uh, same kind of pe- period of time that 16 air assault went into Helmand. Um, and they did a hell of a lot of fighting. Um, and you know what? I can give you a good book recommendation on this. It's called Canadian Sniper. It's by Jody Mittick. Um, as you might guess, Jody was a sniper. Um, he uh, ended up fucking losing both parts of his lower legs to a mine. Uh, I think it was a mine rather than an ID. Uh, but it's a great book. Um, gives you more of an insight into the Canadian forces. Um, some really fucking, like some of the ops that they were involved in, really fucking uh, pretty hairy. So, yeah, definitely recommend Get get Canadian Sniper. It's not like, um, I, I think I fucking blasted through it in a day. Like, that's how much I enjoyed it. So shout out Jody. I know he listens sometimes though. Um, but yeah, like impressions of the Canadian forces, good. All right, next. Uh, strategies of maintaining motivation. Well, this kind of ties into the question that we started with, which is, you know, about the you know, getting yourself out of bed in the morning. And it just comes down to, as the great poet Eminem once said, you've only got one chance. Fucking hell, was it one off, one shot, one opportunity? That's what the great poet said. And um, it's fucking true, isn't it? You have got one shot. You have got one shot of life. As far as we know, if anyone can bring me actual evidence of, the, of there being something else, then I'm all ears. Um, but yeah, you've only got one fucking shot. So you want to maintain your motivation, um, then I would suggest... There's this thing that people call memento mori, which is a fucking fancy way of saying reminders to tell you that you're going to be dead. 
So I would rather just say that. And I literally, I don't think it's a bad idea to write, you're going to be dead on a post-it note and sticking it next to your mirror so you see it in the morning. Now, when you have guests over, you might be worth taking that off because uh, <laughs> otherwise they're going to be expecting to see you like rising up behind them in the mirror, like some ghastly apparition. So, um, yeah, remind yourself you're going to be fucking dead. You want to motivate yourself. God, what more motivation is there of knowing that you're going to be dead one day? Um, and like, look, but that can be easier said than done. So while I was having my cereal, I was uh, thinking of a way of, I was thinking like, right, how can we make this more of like a, how can we have, what, what like SOP, standard operating procedure can we have to, you know, make this, um, you know, have, have something that we can use to do this on a daily basis, right? So think about this. Every one of us has got regrets. Now, um, I know some people will say, oh, I don't have any regrets, mate. Don't live a life of regrets. Shut up. You're human. You have a regret. You just pretend that you don't. Now, I do think you shouldn't let regrets hold you back, but you will have regrets in your life. Everyone will have a regret. Even if it's something as small as, I wish I'd said I love you more to my grandparents or something like that. Everyone will have a regret. So think about something you regret, right? And remember that feeling. Remember how it felt to be in that moment of knowing that you could have done something better or knowing that you should have done something or knowing that you said the wrong thing or you were an asshole, you didn't need to be and you hurt some of these feelings. It could be anything. Um, for me, it's um, like I've talked about this on the podcast before. One of the biggest regret is never attempting special forces selection. I just, I really, I look back on that and I think that's a regret I have. I should have done it. Now I'm happy with things have turned out. So in a way I'm glad it didn't happen because it's, you know, things have worked out, but it's still a regret because I think you let yourself down there. You should have tried it. And I'm not saying by any means that I would have passed. I'm not saying that whatsoever, but I should have tried it. I should have, I should have put, taken myself out of my comfort zone and tried it. And that will be, even though I'm happy with how things have worked out, that will always be a regret I had because it's, I let myself down in that moment of not sticking my hand up and trying something that was good outside my comfort zone, right? So if I think about that and how it made me feel, so how does it make me feel if I think about that? I think it just makes me feel like you didn't get the most out of yourself in that period of time. And that is something that you have regret about. Now, imagine that feeling of whatever it is that you've got. And imagine that magnified by a fucking million times stronger. Imagine lying in your deathbed and having that feeling, not just about one incident, but about your entire life. So imagine lying in your deathbed and you're looking back and you're going, Jesus, like, there's so much I could have done better. Like, I, I've left so much on the table. Like, and do you want to be in that position? Like, I can't think of anything worse then looking back on that and going, I could have been nicer to people. I could have helped out more. I could have gone for this job. I, why did I, I worked 40 years in a job that I didn't like. You know, I stayed in a relationship which I knew was toxic because I didn't have the balls to get out of it. You know, all this stuff. Like, do you want that to be how you're feeling in your last days? Because I got news for you. We all say like, we'd like to go either, you know, <laughs> well, some of us say that we'd like to go in a blur of... <laughs> in a blur in Vegas and stuff. But most people say that they want to die peacefully in their bed. Got news for you. Doesn't happen. Most of us will will pass away in hospital after being in there for fucking weeks and weeks. And when you're in that bed, you're going to be thinking and you're going to be thinking about what your life is. So we're not talking about a flash before your eyes here, before you pop your cocks, right? We are talking about 
weeks, maybe months of looking back on your life? And do you want that time to be filled with regret and think, I could have done this better. I could have done that better. I didn't do the things that I wanted to in life. I think that's the biggest one is, you know, if you try something and it doesn't work out, then you'll have that knowledge of, hey, it just wasn't, I tried it. But you don't want that uncertainty and that regret, right? So that to me is how I do it. That would be my strategy, daily strategy of, of, uh, of, of maintaining motivation. It's just, you don't want, you don't want to look back on your life and regret, you know, you regret things. And, you know, that's civvy, military, whatever. I think that will, uh, that, I think that's something that we can all kind of, uh, we can all relate to. All right. Now that's the end of the questions, guys. The hour is nearly up. It's upon us. I've enjoyed doing this. I hope you've enjoyed listening. Um, as I was saying earlier, like this podcast is for me and it's for you. It's for all of us, right? I'm not going to say it's just for you. I enjoy doing it. It's for me too, but it's for you my friends. So let me know what you think. Like, let me know if you want more of this stuff. Let me know what guests you want. Let me know if you want longer podcasts. Do you want shorter podcasts? Do you want topless podcasts? I know you want that one, so don't even bother saying. Um, Supporting the podcast. Guys, if you could please click the subscribe button, that would help. Helps a lot because when I'm going out to get guests, it helps to be able to show them, look, this is how many people listen and all that kind of stuff. If you could bring a friend to the podcast, that would be equally awesome. Um, what else? If you could buy Brothers in Arms um, or if you can't buy it, if you don't have the money for it, we don't want you to go into debt to go and buy it because one of the things about the book is that you shouldn't go into debt. So don't go into debt. Um, but even if you can't buy it, if you could make a post about it and spread the word, I'd really fucking appreciate that. Um I really appreciate that. If you feel like you're getting um, some entertainment from this podcast or you're learning something, um, if you could share the podcast, share the book, Brothers in Arms, I really appreciate it. Um, there's some other cool books coming out too. So I want to give a shout out to my um, to my friend, Tom Marcus. He's got a book coming out called I Spies, the follow-up to his massively successful Soldier Spy, which was a fucking massive smash. So shout out, Tom. Hope it goes really well for you. Um, if you guys want to check out a book that's a bit different, Tom was, uh, Tom was an MI5 agent. So working to protect people on the streets of the UK. So if you want to learn about that stuff, and uh, I fucking love Soldier Spy, so I'm sure I'm going to love I Spy too. Um, and Tom's been really good with me with with books and just in general just helping me with business and that kind of stuff. So I wanted to give him a shout out. Um, yeah, guys, subscribe. Live your life. No regrets. Catch you soon. Love you all. Goodbye.